1: Analytics is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Analytics can be done by robots, by drones. You don't need any inflection in your voice. You don't need any personality. You don't need to make any decisions. All you have to do is do what the computer says. When the computer says that you've got a 73% chance of a touchdown on fourth and two, and you have a 69% chance of winning if you go for the field goal. You go for the touchdown. You don't need to be a coach, you don't need to be brilliant, you just need to have an earpiece because in the earpiece you will get a beep, beep. Go for touchdown, run, beep. Go for touchdown, pass, beep. Play defense this way, that way, with this formation, that formation. I'm going to do the entire first segment of the show the way analytics is now being employed in baseball and football. We have taken away all semblance of personal decision. There is no reason to have a gut instinct. There's no reason to actually have a head coach. Your head coach is simply carrying out orders that have been done through 10,000 simulations of the same play with the same players where the result with the highest chance of success is employed is that the sport that you want because then guess what there'll be no more concussions tua would never be hurt in a sport that i'm dreaming of with all robots all you have is will smith and bridget monahan trying to figure out what to do One of the ways to avoid any liability, any contracts, any extensions, any guaranteed money is make sure you don't have any live human beings. I don't know why we need a front office anymore in football or baseball. You don't. You need someone who can write code, someone who has an Ivy League degree, and someone who has no idea how to manage people because you're not actually managing people. You are managing situations. You are managing statistics. How do you feel? about this show so far. Does inflection mean something? Does my personal ability to engage you with different voices, different pitches, different themes, is it making you wanna press stop? Fast forward, are you listening to this at 1.25 or 1.5 or .5? I'm so furious, I can't even do it. I lasted two minutes. I'm talking about on the show today. Two minutes trying to talk with no inflection, with no personality. Jim Harbaugh is something else. The Ravens are something else. Did you watch the game? Did you hear about the game? You're playing the Buffalo Buffs you need points you haven't scored in the first half you've lost your lead you're collapsing the bills are in theory the best team in football you're down at the two-yard line and you don't take the points and then lamar jackson throws an interception then the buffalo bills right down the field win the game and then jim harbaugh after the game said i feel like it gave us the best chance to win the game Because seven points, the worst that happens is they go down the field and score. John, not Jim, sorry. Damn it. Four, six, nine. John Harbaugh said, I felt like it gave us the best chance to win the game. Meaning going for the touchdown. The worst that happens is they go down the field and score. No, that's not the worst that happens, Johnny boy. The worst that happens is you don't score, and then all of a sudden the team with the best offense in football only has to get a field goal to win. If you do take the three points, then a field goal only ties the game, and you go to OT. And your defense knows it can give up a field goal, just not a touchdown, and everything will be okay. I I don't even know what to what to say. What it, it, I'm going down to talk to John after the game and I'm taking the blame because somehow I've allowed analytics to get so far inside the head of these coaches where they have lost why would you pay John Harbaugh millions of dollars for what? Anybody can be a head coach now. Anybody. What do you have to be a genius to be a manager in baseball? You want to know why managerial salaries are going down and GM salaries are going up? Anybody want to put two plus two together to make five? The win probability had the Ravens at 73.5% by going for the touchdown, but only 69.7% win probability by kicking a field goal. If I read one more time as we get into October and MLB playoffs about decisions that are made solely with analytics and owners who just stand by watching because they think that that is the right way to go. And you think I'm old school? We used analytics 20 years ago. Everybody uses analytics, but you don't solely use it. It's one of the arrows in your quiver. Analytics does not take into account the fact that you had not put points on the board since the first half. Analytics is not taking into account the fact that it's Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Now, of course, what everyone will tell you when they're dealing with analytics is, oh no, we put everything in the hopper. We put opponent, we put time of day, we put the wind, we put the weather, we put who's playing, we put the formations, we put it all in Dr. Seuss's star belly, sneech machine, and boom, we get ourselves a decision. Horse hockey. It's about time that somebody stood up and said to one of these owners, listen, you're going too far. It is costing you wins and money. If you wanna be straight analytics, do it. Get rid of everybody. Frankly, get rid of the players. You don't really need players to execute. We could just do it like in a Madden situation where it's not the real players, Let's pay players for their name, image, and likeness and not subject them to any concussions or back injuries or both or neither, depending on who you are or what doctor has seen you. And let's just have them do the plays in the simulation. And we'll make an agreement. Each play will be done 10,000 times. At the end of the 10,000 times of the one play, we'll have a result, and that'll be the play result, and then we'll go to play two. And we're gonna do it so fast, you're worried about pace of action, Theo, in baseball? I got you covered. We're gonna get baseball games done in 17 minutes no worries. We're going to figure out every pitch, where to throw it, who should be throwing it, whether or not the batter is ready for the down and away 0-2 slider, or if they're sitting on the fastball because they're cheating because they're old and their swings are slow. We're going to put it all into the hopper. We've got it. When's it going to happen, folks? You tell me. Have you had enough? Have you had enough of your favorite teams losing games because they're making decisions that are idiotic and then they back it up by saying, no, no, you can never say computer's idiotic. Absolutely not. People screw everything up. That's the view that is used by those who are into analytics. They'll go interview, I've interviewed a bunch of people who are coming in to be director of analytics and they wanna make sure that I'm clear that their, their main focus always was when they would interview. So if you're interviewing for an analytics job, just be careful, right? You, you go in to say your boss who is older than you, maybe and maybe not, and you say, hey, I'm gonna take the chance out of the equation. With my proprietary code that I've been working on since ninth grade in order to build my college resume, and then once I got to college, my dream, I did a whole thesis on the fact that analytics can make sure I saw more people with more theses about baseball and analytics. I can't even tell you, it's unbelievable. I have figured out a way to code. I am Mark Zuckerberg. I sat in my room in college and boom, you're gonna win games and owners are (laughs) We're gonna win more? The reason people screw it up is that people, the theory, is that they can let their emotions get in the way or even worse, their gut or their eyes. Maybe we should have had a robot examine Tua. That would have been good, like the Flintstones doctor instead of both the team doctor for the Dolphins and then an independent doctor, wink, wink. Let let me just tell you what happened so you're not confused. The whole Tua situation in football, he's the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins who hurt himself last Sunday, a week ago yesterday, and then they thought it was a back injury, whatever. In fact, it was a head injury. He stumbled to the ground, not like it was a back injury, locking up GMAB. He plays three days later, no problem, gets hit to the ground like a rag doll. He's on the ground with his hands spasmed. And now they're wondering, what do we do? So the NFL is in total crisis PR mode the union has to be looked at as the protector of the players crisis mode so this weekend they did what you do in a crisis you fire someone what a great solution to a crisis it's always a on the list of the flowchart, right one find someone to blame and terminate them even if that person is not to blame or there's 10 people to blame you find one person to blame Then you go public immediately that you've blamed that person. You've eliminated that person. And then bing, bang, boom, problem solved. But this one didn't go away. So the NFL and the NFLPA had to go one step further. And they had to say, we're studying the situation. (laughs) God, there's a lot of adults not in school who study situations, right? That's what everyone says to you. We're looking hard into the situation of why the levees broke in New Orleans after Katrina. We'll be back to you. Um, we have no water, no electricity, and we have no stuff, and a lot of us are dying. Yeah, we're studying the situation, don't you worry. Hey, there seems to be a lot of flooding going on in Miami with hurricanes and stuff. Ah, we're good, we're studying. My best friend has Parkinson's. Don't worry, we're studying the situation. Any care for cancer? Yes, after a little more years, of studying, we're gonna get right on that. Hey, people are OD'ing on opioids, you know. Yes, we do know that. That's a thing, we're gonna study that. We'll get back to the Sackler family as soon as we can. I'm sick and tired of it. I am worked up on a Monday morning, maybe it's too much. I don't know when you're listening to this. Would you rather me go back to the monotone, no inflection from the first part of the show? Because I am absolutely worked up. The independent doctor, which is neither independent nor a doctor let me do that again because it's who not which four six nine the independent doctor who is neither independent and maybe nor a doctor Nah, i'm not selling you i'm sure you're a doctor of podiatry very well studied in neurological disease and you have no pressure at all from the team doctor or the home team or the visiting team or whoever's player that you're identifying in a very big game Oh, it's your back? Oh, I, I agree. It's his back. Let me check his back. Ah, you don't have to check his back. Look at him. Hey, can you follow my eyes? Oh, look, right, left, good, in. The whole purpose of the independent consultant in the NFL was done. Oh, yes. It was done in order so that they don't get sued anymore for concussions. So Tua gets hurt in a game, and the rule is you've got to take a look at him. He's got to pass certain tests, both from the team doctor and then an independent doctor, because, of course, if you're a team doctor, you can't possibly have the player's best interest in mind. I'll give you that. Our team doctor looks at players, and we're like, hey, can that player play? By the way, that player's bad. Can we make it so he can't play? (laughs) How long does that player need? I think he should have a little more rehab. He needs some help. He's got a little speckle in his connective joint. Of course, he has a 5.7 ERA and he hasn't won in two months. I, I think we got to put him on the IL. What do you think, Doc? Oh yeah, I'm gonna sign that. Do you know that for a player to go on the injured list, the doctor actually has to sign a form that there's an injury? Oh, we never influence that. No, never. Me? Hi, I'm Irwin Fletcher, not played by John Hamm, played by Chevy Chase. No, we never influence that. Never, never, never. You're not taping this, are you? No, never. It's absurd. Of course, team doctors are influenced by teams. So bring in the independent guy. How's the independent guy? Oh, he doesn't know if it's Tua or some four-string quarterback or Mahomes or Brady or anyone else. They are going to independently decide whether a player should go back. Hmm, how's that going, NFL? Well, the NFL and the NFLPA said it's not going well they released a joint statement. When you and your union release a joint statement, generally it's because there's been a natural disaster. And even in a natural disaster, you have two statements where the union gives money and the owners give money. Not often do they do the joint statement except in the CBA where there is now a fund that was created that will jointly be used for joints. Then you have the joint statement. But other than that, it's sort of rare. But. The NFL and NFLPA got together, sang a little kumbaya, and said, we're investigating. We're studying the concussion protocol situation involving the Dolphins. It's ongoing. (laughs) We do agree on one thing, they said. We don't agree on much. I don't know much, but I know I love you. No, that's not what they said. They said, we agree that modifications to the concussion protocol are needed to enhance player safety. Why, why? They're just thinking of that because of Tua? Because Something bad happened on Thursday night in prime time and Jeff Bezos said, uh-oh, we can't associate our Amazon brand with brain damage. No, we need everyone's brains to be very healthy so they know where to click. They need to know the difference between buy it now and one-time purchase only. And don't forget, sometimes you have to edit the address. The NFL statement with the NFLPA got into some pretty good detail, though. They've already begun conversations around the use of the term, wait for it, gross motor instability. (laughs) That's, That's one way to say it. How about Gaga? When a player is gaga, instead of the whole smelling salts thing that used to happen, that's what we used to do when a player was hurt in football and baseball, right? Someone gets their block knocked, you put smelling salts in their nose, they hop to it, and the coach says, go get him, Get in there. And the players are like, ha, 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 great, I'm in. But I think we're okay. I think it's going to be fine. Tua made a statement that he wanted to thank everyone for prayers and support Very nice. Difficult not to be able to finish the game and be there with my teammates, but I'm grateful for the support and care I've received from the Dolphins, my friends and family, and all the people who've reached out. I'm feeling much better and focused on recovering so I can get back out on the field with my teammates. You think the NFL is gonna let Tua play so fast? I'd like you to consider one of the great nightmares of all time, Tua coming back and then getting hurt again. Forget the fact that it could be a career-ending injury. The reality is, it would be bad for the game. Bad for the kids. Bad for the money. I think, two is going to have to miss quite a few weeks, Dolphin fans, because he's going to have to be good and ready. He's not going to have to say, hey, I'm recovered. Are we good? Hey, can we get an independent guy? By the way, they fired the doctor. I told you that. I just can't believe it. That'll take care of it. How do you feel about movies that are made about people where they say from the beginning it's made up, but there's enough things in the movie that you think are true that could be true that then you don't know what's true and what's not true? I watched a movie like that this weekend. I'm going to review it. And then we have to talk about the biggest baseball news of the weekend. And there's three major stories that went on, four, five major, seven major things
0: happened. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson.
1: Thank you, thank you for spending your time with us, rating and reviewing, and telling your friends. Every time you spread the word and tell a friend, that makes Coca happy, and when Coca is happy, I'm happy because when he's not happy, like when the Ravens lose, when he's not happy, like when the Mets lose, then all of a sudden it becomes misery. And like during the show, I hear a lot of in my ear, Ugh. like, "Oh, he stinks. And you can tell that he's solely focused on the show and not looking at highlights of yesterday's games. So he and I watch a movie. I watch a movie every day, Coca does not. Netflix came out with a new movie with Anna Darmus about Marilyn Monroe and they call it Blonde. Here's the thing about the movie. It's not true. It's a totally fictional account of Marilyn Monroe's life. So fictional, they call her Norma Jean the whole time because that's her name. There's enough gratuitous nudity in the movie to either keep your interest, peak your interest, or lose your interest. There's enough shortcuts, and I don't mean a shortcut. I don't mean a short circuit. I mean short... Cuts where you're going back and forth in a way that makes Baz Luhrmann movies look normal. And you know, I love Baz. You're trying to figure out during the wait for it 167 minutes of this movie. That's two hours and 47 minutes for those of you not doing math at home or even if you're alone. There's a scene with John F. Kennedy, the president. And it's quite something. This movie's rated NC-17. Something may have happened with President John F. Kennedy. Joe DiMaggio, played by Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale? Interesting actor. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He was in that, uh, The Nine Perfect Strangers. He was the one with Melissa McCarthy. He's been in a lot of other stuff too. He plays Joe DiMaggio, who is married to Marilyn Monroe and doesn't look too good in this movie. I wonder if that's how Joe DiMaggio was. A drinking, jealous, abusive man? Hmm. Is that true or not true? That's the problem with a movie like this. You don't know. I guess if you're told that things are not true when the movie starts, then does that mean that everything in the movie is also not true? But at the end of the day, she was married to Joe DiMaggio. She was married to Arthur Miller, the playwright. Yeah, Arthur Miller, whose daughter is currently married to Daniel Day-Lewis. Now, that would have been a Thanksgiving. Blonde is getting hammered. Terrible score on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics hate it. I am saving you. Just send me a tweet at David P. Sampson with a little thank you. Now, listen, there may be some of you who will be interested to see some of the stuff that's going on there, but... I'd like a little thank you at David P. Sampson for saving you 167 minutes of your time. Do you know that you could listen to like three past episodes of Nothing Personal and your time would be better spent? Blonde. Stinks. All right, Coca. One of you was on it this week with this. Go ahead.
0: You know what I want?
1: I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. For those of you new to the show, it's from Half Baked. Half Baked is a movie which is always better seen. sixty nine sixty nines Baked. You don't need to be half, but if you are, you are. There's a character named Samson and people want to talk to him. So if you want to talk to me, get into Twitter, Instagram. You can interact on TikTok, which Coco will see. On the Nothing Personal Instagram, which Coco will see. My Instagram, which I may see. And Twitter, which I may see. Or... Just ask a question. David, yes, that's me. Why would Otani agree to a one year, $30 million deal this weekend? It seems pretty low. Thank you for asking that question. Let's talk about this because this whoosh, blew my mind. I'm sitting around my own business this weekend, sort of trying to figure out. Which game is going to watch? What movie am I going to watch trying to recover from Blonde? And I recovered by watching the first episode of Dahmer. I'm not sure that's a recovery plan. I could definitely use a recovery plan. I'm going to study that. I'll be back to you. I'm going to study what I should do to recover after watching a bad movie. I've got a few suggestions. We'll get into that later. And then all of a sudden, beep, beep, beep. That's my phone code for SOS, like something's happening that will warrant your attention. Shohei Ohtani is the likely runner-up in the MVP race to Aaron Judge. Shohei Ohtani is going to get a first-place vote, at least should win the MVP. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball and one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, both, that guy. Yeah, we've done it. You've seen the clips that Cocus cut on the MVP race. Shohei Ohtani has been with the Angels for five years. Next year is his last year with the Angels before he becomes a free agent. He has one year left. Remember what I told you, the first three years that you're in baseball, the team gets to tell you what you're gonna get paid. The second three years you're in baseball, you have to agree with the team what you are going to get paid. And if you can't agree, then you go to something called arbitration and in arbitration three people listen to a case as laid out by the team listen to a case as laid out by the player and then the arbitrators decide whether or not that player will get paid what the team wants to pay him or what the player wants to get paid not in between one or the other that's arbitration that's the second three years then the seventh year you're free as a bird you can play wherever you want for whatever amount of money the market will pay you're worth 100 million a year, you can get 100 million a year. You're worth exactly what one owner's willing to pay you and the number of years that they're willing to pay. That's how it works. In arbitration, when you are arbitration eligible for the very first time, for the first time when I looked into your wallet, thank you Kenny Loggins. You have to compare yourself with other players and what they got paid in their first year of arbitration eligibility. So when Aaron Judge becomes a first year arbitration eligible player, he couldn't look at Barry Bonds and say, hey, that guy was making 20 million. Mookie Betts made 25 million, I deserve more than that. Nope, you can only compare yourself to players and what they got paid in their first year of arbitration. Second year, same. Third year, totally different. The rules in baseball state, the rules of arbitration are clear. When you are in your last year of arbitration, your final year before free agency, when you are coming up with player comparables that you would argue in the room against the arbitrators, against your team, you are allowed to compare yourself to any player. Max Scherzer makes 43 million bucks a year. I'm better than Max Scherzer. I deserve to make $44 million a year. Aaron Judge signs a free agent contract for $52 million a year. I'm a tick under Aaron Judge in power, but boy, can I pitch. I'll take $49 million. Do do you have that? No feedback from an empty studio audience, just a camera, me and Coke in the ear. It is an unbelievable thing for the player to be able to compare himself to anybody else in baseball the highest amount given for any player in his last year of arbitration was a deal given to Mookie Betts by the Dodgers for $27 million. Shohei Ohtani can now say that he's gotten the most of any last time, third time arbitration eligible player. He got $30 million. That's amazing. People are going to say, he made $5.5 million this year. He's making $30 million next year. Holy Crikeys. that's a $24.5 million raise. That's the greatest raise in the history of arbitration. I don't care. It's October 3rd. I spoke to a few people who I worked with in the world of baseball, some on the Marlins, some on different teams. We could not think of another player who settled an arbitration case in October. Certainly not a player like Otani. Why exactly did this happen? Oh, common thought says, well, the Angels are selling the team, so they wanted to make sure they had cost certainty for what Otani would get because that would impact the price of the team. Horse hockey. Shohei Otani's one-year arbitration deal, whether it was 30 million or 50 million or 70 million, would not impact the sale of the team one iota. Period. Shohei Otani not being signed. Because there's no decision in arbitration until next February. Impacting the sale of the team? Absolutely not. More buyers saying we want to pay more now that he is signed? We would pay less or want to pay less or could pay less? Zero. Zero. Okay, get rid of that one. We want to take care of our player. We want to show our player that he's coming back and we're not accepting this level of mediocrity. We want him to have an off season where he can just focus on being him and doing whatever he wants to do and not worry about the process. What? That would be your reason? And you only offered him 30? Hmm. Shohei Otani's point of view. I don't like the arbitration process. I want to buy a house. And I want to give money to my family. And now that I know that I've guaranteed $30 million, I can go ahead and do all that. He could have gone out and gotten a bank loan or a loan from his agent easily. You do not sign a contract below your worth because you need the money. Now, there are young players who do do that, who are unproven. That's what young rookie deals are done, especially to players who come from nothing and they want the life-changing guarantee. That's how teams, in theory, in the old days, could take advantage of poor players. Now that's gone. All the young contracts that are being signed from the Tatisas to on even even Acuna, by the way, even though he's been playing great, those contracts are not 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 team friendly. Not not not. Three knots means not. Everyone says it's the greatest team-friendly deal. The Braves have the most team-friendly deals of all time. Okay, why don't we go ahead and match what Acuna would make every year in arbitration versus what he's getting paid? But we can talk about that another time. So the Otani says to himself, let me guarantee the money. Inexcusable. All right, what's another reason? So I thought about this. There is another reason. What if he's H-U-R-T? That could be. Maybe he's feeling a little something in his elbow. Maybe he's feeling a little tired. Maybe he's worried that he can't go two ways next year. Maybe coming back from Tommy John, there was another little something, even though he's still pitching. That would be a reason to lock something a fully guaranteed deal, because if he got hurt during the offseason, it would, in theory, impact the arbitration, though it's not supposed to according to the rules, but it could have. That's a possibility. How about another possibility? This was all part of the side deal signed by Moreno and Otani when Otani came to the Angels. Perish the thought, even though it's something we've been talking about for years inside the industry. That could be, what else? (laughs) What if the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles as part of the sales process have decided they're gonna do a complete rebuild and they wanna trade Otani? And Trout, but let's start with Otani because Otani doesn't have a no-trade clause. Except he got a no-trade clause. Isn't that amazing? They gave him a one-year $30 million deal and they gave him a no-trade clause to every team but the Mets. Hmm. Interesting. So in any case, is he easier to trade because now he's signed? Folks, it's being reported wrong. Number one, he did not sign a contract extension this weekend. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Number two, he did not, he's not newly signed, guaranteeing he'll be an angel. Players who are, are arbitration eligible are a part of the team. They're already under contract. It's called the tender date. When you tender a contract to a player, that player is yours. You just don't know what you're going to pay him yet. It doesn't make him easier to trade because we know he's getting paid 30 versus 40 versus 50 versus 20. Anyone who's trading Otani, for Otani, has to give up tremendous assets to get a player who is a year away from free agency. His value is less today than it was yesterday. It's more today than it will be tomorrow. The closer a player is to free agency, the less you will give up to that player unless you've tampered and guaranteed a free agent signing, guaranteed a contract extension that keeps him with you. Like, remember when Paul Goldschmidt was traded to the Cardinals? and he immediately signed an extension? Do you remember when Matt Olson was traded to the Braves and immediately signed a long-term extension? Do you think that those just come together? Like, oh, nice to meet you, let's start negotiating. Oh, good, we're done in 10 minutes? That's not how it works. There's total tampering that happens. There's total negotiation that happens. So my message to you, Shohei, is this. There's no way that you should have signed that contract unless you feel like you'd rather be on the highway to a different part of town to a different team. And even then, you should have waited. Shohei Ohtani, $30 million, settles arbitration. It's October. I can't even believe that. Is the no trade clause fake news? That is not actual? You can do at one year. So the way it works, just so you know, that is incorrect, Coca. He's telling me you can't have a no trade clause in arbitration. The arbitrators, if it goes to arbitration, you are not allowed to have anything other than a standard contract. So that's one of the things that we hold over the head of players who want to go to the room. We say, if you go to the room, there's no bonuses for MVP or Cy Young. There's no bonuses for anything. It's just a straight contract. That's what the arbitrators choose. There's no no trade clause, there's no nothing. But if you settle and don't go to the room, then the contract can have any provision you want you can have a suite on the road you can have a no trade clause you can have bonuses for cy young mvp anything so by signing the deal the way they did with otani now he very easily could have gotten a no trade clause for that one particular year did he did he not could be fake news could not obviously i've not seen that contract come down the pike yet okay how many cut-ins am i gonna have to watch of aaron judge before he hits 62 Why is everyone so upset? So the reason ESPN cuts in every at-bat in the middle of college football games is it's part of their contract for special accomplishments. So they get to show, even if it's not an ESPN game, they get to show the at-bat of someone going for a record of some sort. Whether it's Pujol 700, whether it's Aaron Judge 62, whether it be someone going for their 73rd or 74th home run there is this carve out that espn got because what it used to be before this most recent extension is that the live look-ins would be on mlb network so mlb kept that for itself and then said wait a minute we need to offer this as one of the things in order to get the rights fee that we want in order to get the increase that we want so we can announce to the world to the nfl and to our owners hey look at me look look at this deal that we got So that's why ESPN has them. And their view is that even if you're in the middle of a college football game, it's not that the people watching the college football game care about Judge, it's that all the people who do care about Judge, ESPN wants them to know that every time there's something big coming up, all they have to do is go to ESPN. So they should just be at ESPN all the time. It's why networks love programming certain late night shows and morning shows because people fall asleep with their TV on a certain channel And then when they wake up and put the TV on, it's still on that channel. And so the theory is if you have good programming late, good programming early, you're going to get both because people will have that channel on morning, noon, and night. So ESPN is no different. They want eyeballs on ESPN. So all the college football people complaining about the Aaron Judge live look-ins, that's just how it goes. It's not going away. There's too much money at stake. But it is interesting to say the least, to say the least – that Aaron Judge is scuffling. Now, it's all relative. The guy's getting on base at almost a 500 clip. He's walking plenty. He's just not hitting home runs at the rate he was. And the Yankees keep hitting him leadoff. He had a chance at home against the Baltimore Orioles, one of the great surprise stories of the year, and he didn't get it. Now the Yankees are in Texas. Texas they have four games. The regular season today is Monday, September October 3rd. 26984. <laughs> today is October 3rd, Monday. The regular season ends Wednesday, October 5th. The Yankees have a Monday game, a Tuesday game and a Wednesday game, three games. Oh, and a fourth game. They're playing a four-game series against Texas. That's one game Monday, two games Tuesday, one game Wednesday. Aaron Judge has four games to hit one home run in Texas. No problem. Well, hear me now, Brian, Aaron, if you play Aaron Judge both ends of the double header, you deserve to not win a World Series ring on principle alone. I don't care if Aaron Judge wants the record. I don't care if you think it's great for business. The best thing you can do for your team is finally get to and win a World Series for the first time since 2009. Aaron Judge, while he will have days off after the season because they don't start until October 11th, there is a thing about getting an off day during the season it feels like too. And during the break, you're going to have workouts, you're going to have batting practice, you're going to do sim games to stay sharp, You've got to give Aaron a rest. The pressure that has been on him mentally, you are making it as though if he ends at 61, that that if he ends at 61, his season is a failure. He's had one of the greatest seasons in history. He's having the second best season of anyone in the game right now. Let him rest. Stop hitting him leadoff. Are you going to hit him leadoff in the playoffs? Is that your plan? You know he's a two-hole hitter, and that's where he should be. I'm telling you that if Aaron Judge gets 62 today, Monday, he'll probably sit both ends of the doubleheader tomorrow. If he doesn't, because the Yankees are not playing for anything, and the Rangers are not playing for anything, it's not as though for the integrity of the game, those games are literally meaningless. But for the gate revenue and the TV revenue, there is zero reason for the Rangers and the Yankees to be playing nada aaron judge will lead off tonight he's gonna play i'd like to see him get 62 even though i didn't think he would get 62 but he's so damn close he's gonna get it but watch for tomorrow whether or not he plays the doubleheader we'll see okay nothing personal pick of the day we went two and one this weekend. We are 28 games over, 114 and 86. We had Alec Mino. I called him Alex on Friday. Sorry, it's Alec, of course. We had Manoa and the Jays over Pivet and the Red Sox on Friday. Did you have that game? Piece of cake. That game was over before it started. That's a victory. What about the New York Metropolitans? Did they lay the biggest egg in Atlanta this weekend? You got one job to do when you go into a series against the team chasing you and you're up one game. You have one job. You don't get swept. That's the only thing you're focused on. You want to win two out of, you want to sweep, of course. You'd like to win two out of three, fine. But losing two out of three is totally acceptable. That means you've gotten out of the weekend tied with the final series to go. I can deal with that. The Mets had Scherzer and DeGrom and Bassett back-to-back-to-back. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. And guess what? The Braves are a better team all the way through. Now, DeGrom has a little blister, so to Beckett, no big deal. He'll be fine. I thought Scherzer would win. Is Scherzer going to do what he did last year, Mets fans? You better hope not. Is he getting fatigued? Does he not have the stamina to get through October, even though he spent some time on the I.L.? remember what happened last year? We'll see what happens here going forward for the Mets. We'll see if it even matters because the the way the Mets looked, they may not even win their first round wild card matchup. So we lost Scherzer over the Braves. What about last night? Did you watch the Chiefs Bucks? Were you a robot watching the Chiefs Bucks? Does Patrick Mahomes remind you of someone who is not driven by analytics because he makes up what he's doing on the pitch and it looks so good and it's so cool he's good for a turnover now and then but boy oh boy does he make things happen how about comparing him to tom brady get tom brady out of the news stop talking about his divorce and family situation stop reading giselle spotted in miami tom without his kids tom was with his kids in august without giselle who cares let the man live He's 45 years old. That's what you should be focusing on. You should be focused on the fact that Tampa was supposed to be good because Tom Brady, second in the MVP last year, right? Everything's fine. When you're that age, eventually there's a cliff to fall on. Yes, he scored 31 points. Yes, it was the easiest pick of the weekend. Chiefs even over the Bucks. When the game went off, I would have gotten two points. And the Chiefs won. We went two and one. We got Joe Montana going tonight. Niners against the Rams, defending Super Bowl champions. We're taking the Monday night game. I'm going to give you a bonus pick, Coca, if you don't mind. If you can mark this down, we're doing two picks. I just wanted to get to this about baseball and football. We're taking the Rams plus one and a half versus the Niners. But the bonus pick today, and we're going to count it, is Braves-Marlins. And here's why I'm going with the Braves tonight. The Braves are a veteran team. The Braves have a veteran manager and an amazing front office. When you sweep a series like the Mets and then you go in to play the Marlins in Miami, the view is that you are going to have a major letdown. And the thought is sort of simple, that you can exhale. And the Marlins have done an amazing job of being spoilers. They crushed the Brewers. I think they won three out of four against the Brewers, basically handing the Phillies a playoff spot, which gave me the absolute PTSD creeps. The thought of helping an NL East team make the playoffs that wasn't us, we were the opposite. We loved keeping the Mets out of the playoffs all those years. We loved keeping the Phillies out of the playoffs. It's fun to be a spoiler. I don't love keeping Central teams or West teams out of the playoffs, but the schedule is what the schedule is. So the Phillies are going to end up making it over the Brewers and quite a collapse the Brewers have had. But the Braves, they know that having swept all's fine and good, But it doesn't mean anything if then you take the Marlins lightly. And the Marlins, with nothing to play for except not losing 95 games, they're not even going to face Alcantara. We're taking the Braves over the Marlins. So over the next three days, stay focused on your team. Know that right now, if your team is not in the playoff race, inside their clubhouse are boxes that are being filled with stuff because their head is already on their offseason. These last three days, it is very difficult to focus. If you are heading to the playoffs and cannot change your position, your front office is solely focused on the playoffs. Everything about who pitches, who hits, in what order, is all done forward-facing. If you are still in a race and you have not clinched, you want to clinch as soon as possible. You do not want anything, contrary to what the commissioner wants, for the excitement, you don't want anything for the last day on Wednesday. You want locked up, locked in. It's gonna be exciting. October's my favorite month. Today's the first show of October. We've got, the NBA is gonna start, we've got hockey, we've got college football, we have college basketball, I think. But more than that, how about MLB playoffs? and the NFL regular season trumping that? Enjoy. We'll be back tomorrow. There's a lot going on. It's just business, though. This is Nothing Personal.